So every day I just say, you know, Lord, whatever you want me to do, um, whatever you want me to talk about, whatever videos you want me to make or not make or whatever, Lord, I'm your servant today. I just am here for your glory and for your praise and your honor. And so, you know, whatever you have for me today, I, I just pray that you will bring it to mind so that I'll, I'll know what to do. So there was this... Uh, website that I went to and this person had this picture up and I'll show it to you here and this is the US debt clock on uh, Sunday October 8th you'll notice the verse there I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I really felt the Holy Spirit nudge me and say make a video on this so I'm making a video on this the end time story is written in the book of Revelation. Paul had pieces of the end time stories that he talked about in Thessalonians, and 2 Thessalonians, and Timothy, and 1 Corinthians. Jesus talked extensively about the end times, but the big story of the end times is in the book of Revelation. That is the place where we're meant to um, look at this book and go, X marks the spot. This is where we're supposed to be digging to find out about the end times. We're in the end times. It's clear we're at, at the end of all things as far as, you know, the tribulation, the second coming of Christ and all of that. We're here. Okay, we've arrived. Thank the Lord that, you know, we, we know where we're at in all of this. So uh, praise God for that. But because Revelation is such a encoded book, it, there's so much symbolism, there's so much imagery that's used in the book, and it's really difficult to just sort of wrap your mind around how to think about it and how to, you know, how to understand the scenario. Mostly what people do is they kind of focus on the seals and the trumpets and bowls. But in my mind, what I call those are like shopping lists. <laughs> They're just lists of events. And all these uh, events of the seals and the trumpets and the bowls, they're just kind of markers in time that tell us at this point in time, this thing is going to happen. All right, Or during this window of time, this thing is going to happen. But the storyline is told um, similar to the way movies today are made where you have uh, scenes that just flash in and out and sometimes uh, you'll you'll just be dropped into the middle of the story and you don't really know where you are or what's going on or what's happening you have to like be there for a while before you understand who the characters are what's going on who are the good guys who are the bad guys and so on so there was a movie and I wish I could remember the name of it but I can't um, but it's a Maybe somebody can leave the name for it in the comments section if you know what movie I'm talking about. But there is this explosion that goes off in some country somewhere and a president or a leader is killed. And the, the story is told from the vantage points of many different people who, who were there. And so from a certain vantage point, you see this happening. From another vantage point, you see that. But you don't always know what's going on is that man who's talking to that woman are, are they part of the story are they good guys are they bad guys did they plant the bomb did they not you don't really know until you go through the whole thing and you see it all kind of played out at the end from all these different angles this is the book of revelation 
So any attempt to to create a linear timeline by going through chapter one, two, three, four, you know, all the way through 22 and, you know, you know, all the events of chapter six, all the seals will take place before the next thing you see in Revelation seven and all the things in Revelation seven will take place before you see the events of Revelation eight and the trumpets and so on. All that's wrong. Okay. Because of that verse on the debt clock, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. This book of Revelation is God's declaration, his unveiling of how things are going to play out so that we'll know what's going to happen. So God's servants will know. And John wrote it all down and then he sent these uh, this message to the seven churches and the prophecy that's in the book wasn't even for those guys who were in those seven cities for the seven churches. They were told that they were entrusted with this testimony. And they were to keep the testimony. Do not change anything that's in this book. So God encoded the end time story in this book. And it's up to us to decode it. Okay, so then we go, well, how do you decode the book? The key is in that verse. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Now, Revelation makes use of basically hundreds of other scripture references from both the Old and the New Testament. And what Revelation does is it's going to give us some little hint about where to look in the Old or New Testament, some other little place where we can find out what this means. Okay, so we're given the key to how to break this code in this passage. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And, and I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, having the, uh, you know, the revelation of the Holy Spirit or the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, although that's necessary. What I'm talking about is that we're given the key here to understanding how to do this. Two parts to this. First, we're going to find the Old Testament passage that talks about being in the Spirit. Okay, where in the Old Testament or in the New does or do we find out about someone being in the Spirit? That's in Ezekiel. So if we go to Ezekiel, Ezekiel was in the Spirit. He was in the Spirit and things happened to him. He was grabbed by his hair and he was taken somewhere. He was taken to the temple. He was brought into um, the millennial temple, uh, you know, the one that doesn't even exist yet, the one that will exist at the time of Christ's uh, millennial reign. He was brought here. He was brought there. He lived in Babylon, but he was taken by the Spirit into Jerusalem, into the temple. What does it mean to be in the Spirit? It means you're going to be a time traveler. John is taken through time. He's taken all the way to the end times. And then the Spirit takes him into heaven. Okay, in Revelation 4, you know, the Spirit brought me into heaven. After this, I looked, and lo, in heaven an open door, and the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up hither, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit. And lo, a throne stood in heaven. John was in the spirit. Now he traveled between earth and, and heaven. He's going to be in the spirit later on, and he's going to be on a high mountain. He's going to see the new Jerusalem coming down. 
I'm going to leave a link to the videos where I've talked about both Ezekiel and John being in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, okay, and also Paul, who was in the Spirit, and he went into heaven, okay. This is all about traveling through time, and it's about going into different places. And so what we understand from this passage that's on the debt clock yesterday, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, on a single day, on the Lord's Day, not the day of the Lord, but on the Lord's Day, which would probably have been the first day of the week when people uh, who were believers worshipped worshiped the Lord. John says, I was in the Spirit. I was a time traveler. I, I traveled through time and space, and I wrote it all down. I was told to write it all down, just the way I received it. The way that John received these, this series of visions or the things that happened to him was not in chronological order, but he was told to write it down in the order that he'd received it, and so he did. And so we know right away that John is going to be doing some very interesting things here. He's traveling through time, and like Ezekiel, this is not chronological. He's going to be traveling through space. He's going to be seeing different places at different times. And because we know this, we can avoid the trap of believing that what we have is a chronological um, timeline of events that are going to take place. So a lot of people will say, well, how can I know what's happening in the story? Well, how do you know what's happening in any story? Like you go to the movies and you're just plopped right in the middle. You're plopped right in the middle of Star Wars, okay? You just, you pay attention. You pay attention and you notice which characters show up in different places. Uh, you notice the setting that you're in, where you're at, and you start making connections. And some, like some movies, you have to watch over and over and over again in order to catch all the details of what's going on. So the first thing we know is that we're not going to be doing a chronological timeline. That's what we, we know from I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. The second thing we know is that we're going to be looking for the meaning, the the decryption of the clue, <laughs> the decryption of the symbol somewhere else in scripture. So for example, the sea. We can uh, see that word, the sea, and a lot of people will say, well, that means, you know, like the oceans or the sea. Well, really, does it? Mightn't it mean something symbolically? Well, we know it does mean something symbolically. It meant something symbolically in the Old Testament. The sea, where Jonah was cast into the sea, the sea is a, a place of death. He, uh, and Jonah was three days and three nights in the, in the belly of the whale in the sea, which represented death. And just like Jonah was there three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Okay, so we have this correlation between the sea and death. So that's going to apply in certain places in the book of Revelation. In other places when we see the word sea, it's going to mean the, the oceans. And the context is going to tell us everything. The context of how we see that. So we know two things from that verse. We're time traveling, time and space. Revelation's not chronological. The second thing is that we we learn that it's encoded and it's encrypted. And this little passage here tells us that we're going to be looking in other places. 
in the Bible to find out what the meaning of the clue is. So when we see that the two witnesses are the two lampstands and the two olive trees, that will take us back to Zechariah 4. And then we read Zechariah 4 and we go, well, what's going on in this, this passage here? Well, God is encouraging Zerubbabel, who was the builder of the temple, the second temple. He's encouraging him that he would see it from start to finish and that it would be not by might or by power that he would do this. And symbolically speaking then, what that tells us is that the two witnesses, who are also lampstands and olive trees, are going to be the ones who actually set up the temple that is going to be here that the Antichrist will go into. And if you want to know what kind of temple it is, the Bible actually tells us. We know exactly what that earthly temple that the Antichrist will go into. We know exactly what that's going to look like. And I'll leave a link to that video uh, in the description box. So John says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And that right there is a huge, huge, huge clue about how we're going to be interpreting Revelation. All right, so leave a comment in the comment section. We'll see you on the next video. Till then, have a blessed day.